Welcome back to the Young Woman Podcast. This is a podcast for ambitious young women to be inspired, empowered, and equipped with the personal development tools and game-changing career advice to unlock inner confidence and achieve those big dreams. that we build confidence the more that we realize and prove to ourselves one that we can do it but two I actually can do it here today I am joined by Tash Peters who is a certified life and mindset coach for busy ambitious professionals Tash runs an amazing coaching business which helps people to sidestep their self-doubt get direction in life have more time and energy, and overall create a thriving life. Now, I know that that is something we all want. I personally have worked with Tash and last year did her eight-week Confidently Thriving program. This was honestly a game changer for me, and I can't wait to hear what else Tash has to share on this episode. Hello, Tash. Thank you for joining me today. So great to have you here. And so your full-time job is now helping people to build confidence and create thriving lives. Can you talk us through your journey and have you always known that this is what you want to do? Oh, great question. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on the podcast and to yeah be sharing some golden nuggets, hopefully, with your wonderful community. So yes, so I am a full-time life and mindset coach and I work with busy, ambitious professionals, mostly women to, yeah, to shift self-doubt, get more direction and have more time and energy to thrive in life. And my journey to getting here, so my background is in human resources. So I spent, you know, I come from the corporate, the corporate life, the corporate background, uh, and I did the traditional you know, well, I didn't finish high school. That's a whole other different story. Uh, but went to university, did a business management degree in human resources and strategic management, and went into, you know, the the corporate world. It's like, well, I got this degree, I need to do this job. And yeah, it was, it was, I really loved my, really loved my role, really loved what I did. And I always did elements of coaching as part of my role as a human as a HR advisor and I worked my way up into HR manager and one thing I always found myself doing was I wanted to have deeper conversations with people in the companies that I worked with I wanted to have deeper conversation of like why are you here like why do you do this work where does this come from you know what is it that you want in life how do you want life to feel how do you want life to look and and because a lot of the work that I did as an HR advisor and manager was helping managers deal with performance issues, right? And employment issues and things like that. And I always wanted to go deeper into why is it that we're now in this situation? Because it's never, it's never the surface level of someone's just not performing or someone's, you know, done something. There's always something deeper. There's always something that's led them to make this decision or, you know, do these things. And yeah, and then I like, and I also just slowly became very cynical (laughs) of, of my, of my job, just always being very negative focused and, you know, 
always seem to be the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff and not being able to do a lot of that proactive work and things. And yeah, in 2015, I was made redundant and broken up with it within the space of four days. It was the implosion of my life that kind of changed everything and made me question what do I really want to do? Like, who am I? What what kind of purpose do I want to serve in the world? And uh, I realized that I never wanted to be permanently employed again. I wanted to start to take a bit more ownership of my life and my where I wanted to go. And then a year later, I met my partner, my current partner, and he was studying to be a life coach. And I was like, what is this? Like, what even is a life coach? Didn't even know such a thing existed. And then got the nudge that I was going to be going into a transition of kind of changing my career. And then I studied to be a certified life coach as well. And then it kind of just went from there. And I realized that I wanted to coach women through all of the things that I went through, you know, all of the things that I experienced through my career, my corporate career of, you know, ambitions to climb the ladder, working really hard, trying to prove myself, those feelings of imposter syndrome, uh, you know, burning out and exhaustion and stress and all of these things. And, and also wanting to kind of take, go a bit deeper and, and work on the mindset aspect of it. It's like, why are we, why are we striving to do these things? Why are we going down this path? Whereas, you know, all of, all of those questions and, you know, we've worked together and you know that I'm all about those questions and yeah. And then I just, I started coaching clients once I finished my certification and I've just never looked back. So to kind of go back and answer your question in a really one sentence is, no, I didn't know that this is what I always wanted to do. It was something that opened up to me by starting to ask questions of what do I actually want to do? You know, what what kind of purpose do I want to serve in the world? That's so awesome. Thank you for sharing. Because I think I love asking that question because often we can look at people's lives and you know, think, oh, it's just been a straight path and they've always known what they wanted, but that's not life, you know, and so I think it's so important that we have these conversations and learn how people have got to where they are and the journey that they've been on because it's really interesting and it's so inspiring to hear that from you as well. Mm, and I think it's important to remember that life isn't always going to be this linear path of I decided to do this thing when I was 18 years old because that's the thing, right? We make these decisions when we're 18, you know, like I'm going to go study this thing and you're 18 and you haven't experienced the world. You haven't yet gone into, you know, the big corporate or, you know, whatever kind of career world. And, you know, and then we find ourselves going down this path for a decision that we made when we were 18 with very limited information, usually, usually information that was given to us by our parents of like, this would be a great career path and this will be really stable and this will be really secure for your future. And yeah, and I think, I think what we're seeing more of with my generation and also the younger generation coming in is that it's actually okay to have these career shifts and career changes. And that's part of experiencing life and kind of a part of experiencing yourself and, you know, what brings you joy and what lights you up. And I think that's something 
that we need to learn to embrace more of, you know, of if we're feeling nudges, if we're feeling inklings that we want to explore something different or that we want to look at something different, that that's okay. It doesn't mean that we're failing at our current career. It doesn't mean that we haven't given it a good try. It doesn't mean that, you know, we we have to wait out a certain period or work a certain tenure before we can start to look at certain things or different things. Uh, but know that, you know, it's fine to be curious around what's coming and what that could open up for you. Cause that's what happened for me. It was just curiosity. And now I've created, you know, my next career. And I don't know if this will be my lifelong career, who knows, you know, but right now I'm loving it. Such a good perspective on it as well, because like you said, I think there's a lot of pressure on us to not necessarily be confident in pursuing other ideas or, you know, things that are a little bit different. And so hearing that is, yeah, it's really interesting. It's really great to hear. And so talking about having the confidence really mm. to listen to ourselves and to pursue what we want, in the work that I've done with you, you've often talked about this concept of not being afraid to take up space. And I've always found that really interesting. So do you maybe want to talk us through what that means and how we can apply that to our own lives? Yeah, so taking up space is something that I've learned through my own journey with my own coaches and the whole idea around taking up space is to take up to take up space in any setting whether that is to be heard whether that's to be seen uh you know so often and I see this predominantly in women and and I think this comes you know this comes from like very olden times you know in in the matriarchy kind of sense of the world where women were meant to be at home and you know they didn't have a say they didn't have a say in making decisions they didn't you know they were there to raise children clean the home man you know uh you know just be like lady of the house I've just been watching Bridgerton and it's like lady of the house and whatever and you know and then the men were always the ones that were making decisions they were in charge of everything and you know they were the ones that were holding you know all that authority right and I think of like over the hundreds of years since that has happened, you know, we we're conditioned to as women to stay small, to not step into positions of power and positions of authority and, you know, take up space to be seen and have our ideas heard and, you know, have our thoughts on decisions, you know, taken into consideration, all of those things. And so, you know, a big part of it is starting to shed a lot of those things. So a lot of those ideas that, yes, they may, that may have been how it used to be, but we can decide how we now move forward. And I think we're seeing a lot of that now come through with, you know, the Me Too movement and, you know, women stepping into positions and, you know, the new American vice president, huge thing, you know, for women stepping into that role. And so, Taking up space requires confidence, you know, confidence of your ability, confidence of your, like it's self-assurance, you know, self-assurance of my ideas are valid. I have something to say. It is okay to, to, to step up. However, confidence is built through small actions, right? Through small following through of those things. And so taking up space, how I start to bring it into my work is, having people do videos, you know, having people to do videos. I call on people in my coaching sessions to be like, it's time for you to speak up now, like for you to share your opinion and share what's coming up for you. And it's that practice. And the more that we get comfortable with 
I think it also, just take a step back there, I think it also, us getting comfortable with hearing ourselves, us getting comfortable with seeing ourselves, you know, we we say that we're scared of being judged by other people. We say that we're scared of being seen by other people. But I think at a deeper level, it's we're scared of seeing ourselves, you know, and we're constantly judging ourselves and we project that that's what people are doing to us. But really, we're just constantly judging ourselves. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, whatever it is. And so, yeah, so something that I do in terms of confidence building is I push people to do videos. I push people to speak. I push people to share their opinions because the more that we can do that, the more that we build confidence, the more that we realize and prove to ourselves, one, that we can do it, but two, I actually can do it here in this space. Um, And confidence is something that's built over time. It's not something that we're just, you know, we all just innately have. Like we have it when we're kids, right? Like you see kids and they're walking around and they don't give a care in the world. And they're just like, I'm the most beautiful thing in the world and I'm the best. And, you know, but then that's conditioned out of us through schooling and marks and grades and being compared to other kids. Like that's how our confidence is eroded over time. And then that's also how we're conditioned to, to always compare. It's like, well, I only got 60% and Sandra over there got 90%. So I'm not as, not as good as her. It's like, Maybe you just hate maths and that's okay. Like maybe Sandra just really loves maths and that's cool too, but it doesn't your worth of that doesn't change. It's the practice of like respecting yourself and trusting yourself and what you have to say and what you have to offer, doing that with yourself first and then bringing that into the outside world. Because sometimes we think that we have to just be out there and be doing that and that's when we look at people on Instagram and we're like, "Oh my god, she's so confident. I could never be like that." It's like you don't know like the pep talks and the work that she's done in order to get there. So start with showing up for yourself first and taking up that space for yourself first and then go into like, you know, social spaces and workspaces and things like that. So, so good. And I I think it's something we don't talk about enough is having that confidence and taking up that space. And I love how you bring it back as well to those practical ideas ideas of how we can actually do that and start just with ourselves with those small actions and and building that confidence and I, I think one thing that really holds a lot of us back with stepping into things and taking up space it can be imposter syndrome and this is something that is starting to get talked about a lot more um, and I love your teaching and your thoughts around this so could you share for us your top tips around overcoming imposter syndrome and why you think mm, it comes up so great much great question yeah imposter syndrome is one of the things I love to talk about a lot and there's two parts to that which I do in in confidently thriving which is the self-worth part which is the inner that's like that inner confidence that inner self-belief that inner that inner knowing and that inner trust and in, in who we are and then imposter syndrome the way that I kind of see it and the way that I've interpreted it is the external side of of that it's the the being seen by other people which is that imposter right like I it comes up when we feel we don't know enough or we're stepped into a new role and it's like, oh my gosh, what if I get found out? What if I fluked my way into this role? And like, what if they find out that I'd like made up all these lies in my interview when you did it? But then it's that, um, yeah, it's that kind of belief system that comes in that mindset stuff. But there's a quote by Valerie Young, which I really love, which is imposter syndrome is not who you are. Imposter syndrome are thoughts that you have. 
you know, and I think like, and I talk about this a lot. It's like, it's very important to think about language. Like it's not, I am an imposter, an imposter. It's I am experiencing imposter syndrome, you know, and it's that, yeah, it's the idea of like, we, we don't know enough or we're going to get caught out or, you know, all of our successes are flukes and, you know, it was just luck that I'm here where it's like, no, like, again, it's that conditioning of we don't take up space. We don't have the confidence to take up space and own the fact that we are where we are, that we've done what we've done. And so my top tips would be for imposter syndrome is number one is to talk about it. Like everyone experiences it. You know, like you're not the only person on the planet who feels the way that you do. You are okay and you are normal. You're not some weird person that, you know, that is experiencing this. I work with men and women and men experience it a lot. It's it's just that we they don't, they overcompensate for it by stepping in and they're like, well, I'm not going to let this take over and I'm just going to like do the thing anyway. Whereas we're like, oh, maybe I just need to learn more. Maybe I need to do a bit more study. Maybe, you know, until we've got 100% of the thing. So yeah, number one is to talk about it. Uh, number two would be to celebrate more of your wins. So, you know, rather than, you know, getting great feedback and then going, okay, like, but I could have done better. Or, you know, like always trying to find that, always trying to find the the gap or the negative, you know, something that I think we all don't realize is that we're biologically wired negative we have a negative bias biologically it's what's been built into us to keep us safe you know from when we were running from tigers and foraging for berries and we needed to remember where the poisonous berries were and where the tiger was sleeping yesterday so we have that wiring for negativity but our world has evolved so much that we don't need to rely on that as much yet we do and so we don't take enough time to sit with our achievements to sit with our wins and to celebrate them and actually accept them as they are rather than you know waiting for waiting for the penny to drop or waiting for wait still waiting to be found out or thinking that it's still not enough so yeah number two would be to celebrate it more and to share it more as well like take up space uh, another one would be act as if so I don't like fake it till you make it However, what I do talk a lot about is act as if. So a lot of the work that I do with women is to identify like who do they want to be? Who is their confident self? You know, if they're showing up fully as themselves, if they're showing up fully as someone that they fully trust and, you know, are so self-assured, how does she show up every day? What does she do in situations? When she's in a meeting, what does she do in those moments? When she wants to share something with her boss, what does she do? And that's that act as if, you know, acting as if you are that person because you are. It's just underneath the whole lot of doubt and all of these things. So start acting as if you are someone who doesn't have imposter syndrome, who doesn't experience it. And we're not trying to invalidate it. However, what we focus on grows, right? So the more that we focus on those thoughts of imposter syndrome, those feelings of being an imposter, the more that we'll find evidence for them. And my last question I had to, to finish it off is, I think out there, there are so many expectations around, you know, what we should be, and what we should be doing. And I think you sort of touched on that a little bit, you know, even around with social media and 
um, looking at how confident you think other people are. And so I'm interested to know what you would recommend for people who are wanting to reconnect with themselves and actually work out, you know, who am I as a woman? What do I want? And how can I reconnect and discover myself, my own self-worth some more? Mm. I think the number one thing I would say is to create more space in your life to be with yourself. You know, we are extremely busy. We are extremely distracted. You know, we are glued to our cell phones. I think they say, the last time I checked, it was like we pick up our cell phones 150 times a day. And I can imagine that's even more now with more apps and all of these things. Number one would be to create more space and stillness to actually be with yourself. You can't, you just absolutely cannot start to ask yourself those, ask yourself those questions of who am I and who do I want to be if, we're, if you're constantly consuming stuff from the outside, you know. So whether that's just taking two minutes in the morning before you get up, before you look at your phone, before you check your emails, whatever, and just, just check in and go, how do I want to feel today? very simple yet very powerful question how do I want to feel today and then carry that through with you so when you're having a moment at work being like wait how do I want to feel today what can I do to bring me that feeling what can I do to shift into that feeling and then once the once practicing that stillness and that that alone time more and more then I would say start to journal and and put that question at the top of a page and be like who am I and just ask the question. Just put it at the top of the page and then see what comes out. See what flows. And what's really important with any kind of journaling or any kind of self-reflection is no judgment and no criticism. Yeah, and so there's like no judgment, no self-criticism to what comes up and to what flows. And see, yeah, and just see what nuggets come out of that. See what nuggets flow from that. And that'll start to give insight into who who you are and who you want to be and then start to follow whatever breadcrumbs breadcrumbs come from that um so that would be number two and then number three would be to work with someone outside of your life you know outside of your immediate life to create a space for you to come in and be supported in doing that self-exploration and self-reflection and and not, you know, not to, I'm not saying that because, you know, I'm a coach, but what I'm saying is, is that we only see what we know to see when we're doing it on our own. And sometimes we need someone who's objective, who's not involved in our life, who's not involved in our past or in our present to help challenge us and to ask different questions, to help bring different answers, because your answers are only ever as good as the questions that you ask. So if you're asking yourself the same questions every day, you're going to get the same answers every day. But if you can bring someone in or research and look at what different questions you can ask yourself, you can start to come up with different answers and start to bring out different answers out from within you. And from that space, you start to really uncover, wow, okay, are these my thoughts? Okay, this is really interesting. Like, where is that? You know, what do I want to do with that now? And, and everything's information. And once you bring something out, once you uncover something, you go, okay, what do I do with that now? What do I want to do with this now? Um, yeah, so I guess those would be my top three tips to, to start that. But most of all, is just more stillness, more spaciousness, more time in nature, more time just away from input. That's so good. 
I need to hear so much of this today. So it's awesome and I can't wait to share it because as everyone listening will see, Tasha's just got so much to share and really just pulls out the gold in you and inspires you to do the work, to dig deeper and to create confidence for yourself. So thank you so much, Tash, for joining us. And if anyone wants to take a deeper dive into any of the topics that we've discussed today, I can't recommend enough getting in touch with Tash and working with her either in a one-on-one capacity or through the awesome programs that she runs. So Tash, if people would like to connect with you some more, where is the best way they can get in touch? to connect uh first point of call would be my website which is tashpeterson.com and I, I imagine you'll have show notes so we can pop that in the show notes and I'm very active on Instagram and on LinkedIn so if you just search my name Tash Peterson uh, my Instagram is tashtasticnz so it's a little bit different and yeah I'm very active on there I share lots of value I'm on my stories I'm taking up lots of space uh, to build my confidence every single day so yeah I would I share a lot of things and I share a lot of stuff so yeah I would love to connect with anyone who has really yeah that any of this has really landed for thank you so much for joining us in this episode I hope that you got as much out of it as I did and you're ready to go out there and confidently thrive If you'd like to stay up to date with upcoming podcast episodes, then follow us on Instagram at The Young Woman and check out our website www.theyoungwoman.net.